Catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Today we take a look at the topic, sickle cell anemia, what you should know about it. It is inherited and that means it's passed down through families. You're born with it. It is not something you catch or develop later in life. Sickle cell disease is the most common inherited blood disorder. Sickle cell anemia is one of a group of disorders known as sickle cell disease. Sickle cell anemia is an inherited red blood cell disorder in which there aren't enough healthy red blood cells to carry oxygen throughout your body. Normally, the flexible round red blood cells move easily through blood vessels. But in sickle cell anemia, the red blood is shaped like sickles or crescent moons. These rigid sticky cells can get stuck in small blood vessels which can slow or block blood flow and oxygen to parts of the body. There is no cure for most people with sickle cell anemia but treatments can relieve pain and help prevent complications associated with the disease. According to IndieWide journals, the prevalence of sickle cell traits ranges between 10 and 45% in various parts of sub-Saharan Africa. In Nigeria, carrier prevalence is about 20 to 30%. And SCD affects about 2 to 3% of the Nigerian population of more than 200 million people. In high-income countries, the survival of individuals with SCD has been steadily increasing, often well into adulthood. In contrast, SCD-related childhood mortality in Africa remains as high as 50 to 90%, with fewer than half of affected children reaching their fifth birthday. Does sickle cell automatically mean a death sentence? And is there an age to overcome this? What should we know about sickle cell anemia and caring for those living with this condition? All of these questions and more will be answered in this conversation as I have a medical doctor vast in such topics join me on the show. She is a young medical doctor who recently completed a housemanship in Lagos University Teaching Hospital, particularly interested in women's health. She is a fashion enthusiast who loves helping people and volunteers to ensure the success of programs. She's currently the luminary onboarding team lead of Pivot Africa. Let's welcome Dr. Lulu Ojefo. Hello, doctor. Hello, Gloria. Thank it's, you so much for that introduction. I mean, it was really explanatory. It's such an honor to have you today. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. Okay, all right, let's get into the crux of discussion now. Early diagnosis of SCD improves survival to an extent, although we know that there are only a few centers in sub RN Africa that has been able to initiate newborn screening and deliver comprehensive healthcare at an early age. But irrespective, we must know the available diagnostics tests for the sickle cell disease. So please take us through this. Okay, so you already introduced the topic. Basically, sickle cell disease is a condition in which there's a problem with the oxygen carrying, so to speak, to make it easier. So this condition is inherited from parents, like you said, and the parents do not necessarily have to have the condition, but if they have traits of it, then they can transfer this condition to their children. 
Um, now back to your question. Um, yes, there are various means to diagnose this test, and there are early screening methods even before the child is born, even before the woman gets pregnant. First, there's something called pre-implantation screening, pretty much like the popular IVF, where you can decide the genotype of the child before the woman gets pregnant. So that's one. So when the woman is pregnant, can we also screen for the test? Yes, we can. Pretty much you take um, samples of the sac that covers the child to test, to check the genotype of the child. So that's chorionic villus sampling. You can do that. And when the child is born as well, you can take from the umbilical cord to test the genotype. And then, of course, you can screen adults to check their genotypes. So, yes, there are early screening tests or early diagnostic tests. Okay. Now, after diagnosis, I'm sure the next step will be to manage it. And it's here that the work comes in as patients and sufferers need all the support and care that they can get. Now, teach us how to help care for sickle cell sufferers. Okay, so I like to call them sickle cell warriors. I mean, everybody is involved in the care of sickle cell patients, those caring for them, the health care workers, the patients themselves are also involved in the care of these patients. So for them, they need to take their prescribed medications regularly because they're usually on some medications that they have to take daily, like folic acid. Then there are some vaccines we give to them because they're at risk of some organisms affecting them and causing serious health problems. So there are some vaccines given to them. They should also drink lots of water because there are some things that worsen the condition, such as dehydration. Dehydration makes the condition worse. So we need them to drink lots of water. We need them to eat healthy, to have good nutrition, to avoid strenuous exercises. Then they should stay away from places with low oxygen, like things like mountain climbing. We do not want them to do lots of that. So all these are basically to prevent the crisis from happening. If the crisis happens, then the doctors take over management. And the doctor's management is dependent on what the patient presents with at that time. It could be that they need oxygen. It could be antibiotics. There are various treatments depending on what condition the patient presents with. So the only curative treatment per se for now is a stem cell transplant. So that's basically like taking, I would say, the things that form blood from another individual and injecting it into them. So these sorts of changes, not changes their genotype per se, but like it improves their condition. Yeah. So usually this is taken from a close relative. There's a lot to it. So you have to be sure that they match. There's a lot of criteria. And then you'd have to speak to your doctor to determine who is a perfect fit and all of that. But that's the only curative treatment right now. All right, Dr. Lulu, we'll come back to the stem cell transplant later on in the conversation. Now, many believe that sickle cell worsens with age. As a matter of fact, some even believe it gets better. So it's quite a dicey situation. On one hand, some believe that it worsens with age and some believe that sickle cell conditions get better as you grow older. So which is it? Does it get better or it gets worse? Okay, for this question, there is no yes or no answer. It's not a direct answer because basically there are various factors that determine how well a patient will be, such as adherence to medications. Are you doing what your doctor said you should do? 
and all of that. So there's no clear cut yes or no. Although when a child is born within the first six months of life, they usually do not have symptoms. That's because some of the red blood cell carrying things are protective at that age. And so about six months, this begins to reduce and that's when they become symptomatic. So there's no clear yes or no, aside from the first six months of life, which is when they do not really have symptoms. But then, yes. Dr. Lulu, you've seen some people, 80 years old, 90 years old, and they're still very much around living with the sickle cell disorder. Yeah. And then there's some children yeah. that don't even get to the age of five and they die. So will you say yeah. that those that got to age 70, age 80, followed through with their medications and that's why they were able to last that long? Yes, most times, yes, 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 yes. Although, as well, for sickle cell disease, not everybody presents the same way. Some people have it more severe than others. The severity varies in individuals. Sometimes the severity varies in individuals. But generally speaking, with people who adhere to their medications and all of that, they tend to have better outcomes. Mm. Mm. So that medication is really key there. I got, I get you. Yes, and following all other instructions like the drinking enough water, avoiding strenuous exercises, and all of that. But then again, Dr. Lulu, I also like to ask, does that mean that in all cases, when you follow through your medications, you live longer or it's just to a large extent? I'll say to a large extent. Okay, okay, then I needed to clear that. Now, several approved treatments can help manage the symptoms of sickle cell disease, including a few that can reverse the symptoms in some patients. Now, that's where the stem cell transplants comes in. Dr. Lulu, we explained to Ross better. Now, are there any technologies centered amongst these treatments? If yes, aside the stem cell transplants, which other ones do we have? Okay, technology-centered. Okay, aside the stem cell transplants, I know that there are some devices that help with exchange blood transfusion. So basically, exchange blood transfusion is a process in which blood is taken from them and then replaced while one is being taken out, while blood is being taken out. So there are some devices that help to make that easier. So yes, yeah, so that's technology. Yes, and then the stem cell transplant as well. Okay, please take us through the stem cell transplant then. Let us know, is it done in Nigeria? In case anyone listening wants to get it done, how affordable, how accessible is it? Okay, to be honest, I don't know if it's being done in Nigeria. I've heard that it's being done in Benin, but I can't say for sure that it is being done. I know that soon we'll be doing it in Luth. Yes, but right now that's not being done in Luth. So it's quite expensive. I don't know the exact amount, to be honest, but I know that it's not so cheap. Wow. So since it's not so cheap, would you like to say then that prevention is better than curing this? Because I know we'll still come back to the area of prevention. That is it possible at all to even prevent a child from having sickle cell in the first place? We will come to that. Now, let's talk about the simple steps that people with SCD can take to help reduce the number of pain crises. Because I have had a first-hand experience of a sickle cell patient going through pain. Now, what happens when they go through this pain? How does the pain come about? And how can we help them during that crisis? Okay, so what happens is that, okay, I don't want to go so deep, 
But what happens with sickle cell anemia is that the red blood cell, which is a component of blood, isn't the shape that it should be. So theirs is sickle, sort of crescent shape. That's why it gets the name sickle cell, like the farm implement is sickle. So that's what it is shaped like. So because it is not the normal shape, it doesn't pass through as it should. So it gets destroyed, in quotes. It gets destroyed because it's not the regular shape. So when that happens, it depends on the organ involved. Then they come down with pain. It literally can affect any organ. So sometimes it presents with chest pain. Sometimes it presents with bone pain. Sometimes it presents with like hands and legs swelling. It literally can affect any organ. So sometimes they have yellowing of the eyes. If it affects the liver and all of that, then there's an organ called the spleen that helps us with immunity. So that can also get affected because that's what destroys the red blood cell that is destroyed. That is where it passes through. So that is why they are also exposed to some organisms that I said earlier that they get vaccinated for. Because their spleen is there, yes, but it is not functioning as well as it should. And then the spleen helps with immunity. It helps us prevent certain diseases. So since these people have a spleen that is not as functional as it should be, then they, they get exposed to those organisms I said that they have to use vaccines for. Okay, and these vaccines, in case for, just for someone listening, these vaccines are readily available yeah. across all general hospitals? Oh, yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Okay. And then you also ask for simple steps that they can take to reduce the number of crises. Yeah, I can't overemphasize the importance of their medications, clinic visits, drinking enough water, lots of water, avoiding strenuous exercises, eating good food, avoiding places with low oxygen, like mountain climbing I talked about, then they should be kept warm, not exposed to so much cold. So basically for them, care continues throughout life, which for women, which includes planning their pregnancies. So before a patient with sickle cell disease gets pregnant, it's advisable to tell her doctor so that her pregnancy is monitored and then the delivery is also monitored. And most times, um, family size is also controlled. Dr. Lulu, it sounds like there's a lot to be done. It looks like they're in a cage somehow. They can't do this. They can't do this. They can't do this. They should eat this. I'm very sure there are certain foods they can't eat, right? Um, no, they can eat all foods. They can eat all foods. Okay, then. Okay, so maybe the yeah. food part Except is... Except they have another condition which stops them from eating any other thing. But like for sickle cell, like there isn't a dietary limitation. The only thing is drink lots of water. That's very, very, very important. Okay, then. So maybe the food part is out of it, but then they shouldn't yes. go to certain places. They have to be kept warm, a lot of oxygen. They can't do strenuous activities and all of these things. It seems like they've been kept in a cage, so to say. But then will you say that, I'm very sure you would agree with me that prevention is always better than cure. And when I read up, Dr. Yes. Lulu, I read that there yes. are certain genotypes that are compactable, but I didn't understand the part of AC, SC, and some other genotypes like that so please take us through that the compactable genotypes and then the variants that we have okay so there are various genotypes there's aa there's as there's ac there's sc and there's ss so for compatibility basically aa is compatible with any genotype so if you have any genotype that isn't aa 
you should pair with someone who is AA. That's like the simple explanation. Mm, okay okay so once you yeah. are not aa you just have to pair with someone who is aa it's just aa that can pair with anybody right yes so for people who are as and ac we do not advise that they pair with someone who is as and ac although there's a chance that you might have an aa child an as child or an ss child but then because we do not know which it will be. That is why we advise them not to get married. Except they are doing the pre-implantation genetic planting, which is a whole lot of process. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Pre-implantation genetic planting, right? Screening. You screening. Okay, what's that about, doctor? It's pretty much like how IDF is done. So, if that is being done... It won't be the natural conception. It won't be the normal man meets woman and then they get pregnant and have a child. So that's not it. So it's basically like an assisted reproductive technique, so to speak, in which you can take the sperm from the man and then the egg from the woman and put it together in a lab and test it and see, oh, what genotype will this child be? I want to get this genotype. And then you put it back into the woman when it's fertilized. Okay. So that's pretty much it. Yes. Okay. So just like the IVF uh, pre-implantation. Yes. Okay. Okay. I get it now. Yes. So doctor, yes, what's the difference like between SS, SC, AAAC? Is there a difference? Oh, okay. Yes. So there's a difference. AA, I would say, is the standard in quotes. So anyone that is an AA has some form of defect. I think that's a simple word to use. Has some form of defect. But this defect is variable. If there's AS and there's SS, we said the standard is A. So if there's A and there's an S, so that means there's some form of sickling can occur, but it's not likely because for people who are AS, more than 55% of their red blood cells are A and not S. Well, for people who are SS, about 90% of them are S. So they don't, they don't have enough of the standard, which is A. So those people are more prone to all these symptoms that we spoke about earlier. And then for C, the C is also a form of um, defects. But people who are SC do not have as frequent crisis and as severe crisis as people who are SS. Although they could also have prices, but usually not as severe and not as frequent as the SS. Okay, I think I get it now. Yeah. It's clear now. Yeah. All right, doctor, so, finally, be yeah. before we run off, before we run off, just give your final thoughts as regards managing the sickle cell anemia and then things that we should know as a take-home for us. Okay, yeah, so like you said, prevention is better than cure. I think that's the most important for all of these. And then if it has happened, then stick to your medications, stick to your doctor's advice, and yes, basically. Okay. So I think th that should be two take-home points. There should be two take-home points. All right, then you said quite a lot there. We've been speaking with a medical doctor that just just loves helping people. All right, she's currently the luminary onboarding team lead of Private Africa. She's a young medical doctor that recently completed a housemanship in Lagos University Teaching Hospital, and she's particularly interested in women's health. I've been speaking with Dr. Lulu Ojefo. Thank you for joining me on the show, doctor. Thank you. 
Now, sickle cell disorder doesn't mean death sentence. You've heard from Dr. Lulu that you can actually lead and live a healthy life. All you have to do is to get diagnosed quite early, get treated, stick with your medications and hope for the best. With the right support and care, you will survive. Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.